Amen, amen. Hey, give the band a big hand. Give them a really big hand. That's like a very small hand. They did a great job. They're awesome. All right, so my name's Justin. I'm the junior high pastor here. If you're here for the first time, which there are some people here for the first time. Uh, I, yeah, hey, what's up, man? I saw you up on stage. That was all. You're like a celebrity. I saw you up on stage. Uh, I'm happy you're here. Uh, do me a favor. Grab a Bible and grab a piece of paper. You're going to need it because uh, we're going to get right into it. We're in a week two of a series that we're calling I Am. And here's the reason we're doing this series. Uh, I think that it is a really good thing to look at the way, and we do this all the time, we think about the way we talk about ourselves. If you don't think about the way you talk about yourself, you should probably start. Uh, you know, we usually, if we're good at anything, typically we're very good at talking about ourselves, uh, and sometimes we talk about ourselves a little too much. Jesus, though, when he talked about himself, it wasn't just for the purpose of bragging about who he was. He wasn't talking about himself to make himself look good. He was talking about himself because people, they didn't understand the idea of how God in heaven could send his son, God's son, to earth. To, to be in a womb for nine months and then live on earth. Like, people didn't understand how God could do that. So when Jesus is talking about himself and saying, this is who I am, it was in an effort to help the people around him and ultimately help us not only understand who he is, but understand how to know him better, have, how to have a better relationship with him. You know, uh, it's Valentine's week. Who's excited for Valentine's Day? Who, who has a big anticipation for a lot of Valentine's gifts from people or chocolates or flowers or something? All right, you have some of the boys have very high anticipation. Uh, Valentine's is a really good time of year for some. Some are very excited about Valentine's Day. There's also another name for Valentine's Day. Uh, for some, they think of it as Singles Awareness Day. If you don't have someone in your life, you think of it, and Dominic knows what I'm talking about, like this is the day where everyone's getting flowers, and everybody on Instagram is posting pictures of their person, and you're seeing balloons everywhere that you just want to pop with a pen, and you know, all these moments, all these joyful, happy, you know, together moments. I remember when I, and I was, this is, I, this wasn't that long ago, this is like five years ago-ish, uh, I was 26, and I was sitting there on Valentine's Day, and I didn't know it was Valentine's Day at the time, in my office working, and I'm just working away, doing all this youth ministry stuff, thinking about games that are very messy, and, and just enjoying myself. And I call up my buddy, it was later at night, probably around like nine-ish, and I call my buddy, I'm like, hey, you want to go grab some chicken wings? I'm a huge chicken wing eater. And you want to go grab some chicken wings? And he's like, dude, do you know what day it is today? And I'm like, no, I'm like, it's a Friday, right? Like, let's go get some chicken wings. And he's like, dude, it's Valentine's Day. And I was like, oh, gosh, I'm embarrassed. I had no one to remind me it was Valentine's. I was all alone. I was very sad. I started crying in my office. And I decided in that moment I had to do something different. So I hopped on my computer, pulled out my debit card, not my credit card. Debt is a bad thing. Pulled out my debit card, and I logged on to eHarmony. Does anyone know what eHarmony is? It's a dating website. Yeah, dating website. And I hopped open my computer, and I typed in all my stuff, and I'm going through this thing, and I'm answering all these questions about who I am. You know, they're asking me what I like, what I don't like. They're asking me what kind of books I read, what kind of movies I go to. Like, all these things about me, asking me who I am in hopes to get to know me better so that they can connect me to someone um, who is kind of like me, someone who will have the kind of same, you know, likes and interests and whatnot. Well, I did all this. I ultimately did get connected with somebody, uh, Brittany, who I ended up marrying, and I have two kids now, so online dating might totally work when you're old enough, 
Brandon is old enough, and we're going to sign him up for it. We're going to sign him up for the, Di- you know, there's a Disney dating website for people who love Disney, and that's what we're going to sign him up on. No, it's a real story. You guys should Google that. And we're going to set Brandon up. We'll keep you all updated on that. But I tell that because I want to make this point. Uh, I w- did that so that people, uh, you know, the people that were out there, you know, the, these you know, people I was looking for, you know, to not you know, be alone, uh, that I wanted them to get to know who I was in a hope that we could have, make some kind of, a, you know, a connection, that we could be connected. Here's the thing. This is what I believe. And I believe it's really, really important. That we have to be connected um, with God in a very, very similar way. Now, here's Here's this verse uh, that I want you guys to read. It's out of John chapter 14. Uh, Check this out. This is what it says. Jesus told me, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So if you were going to memorize a verse, this is a verse worth memorizing. This is an incredible verse. I really, really like this verse. And this is one of those moments that, you know, and Jesus gives these moments. He gives these I am moments of telling us who he is in hopes that we can connect to him a little bit deeper, know him a little bit better. Now, I have this question for you. Have you ever, and it's going to be up here on the screen, have you ever connected, have you ever felt disconnected from someone or something you used to be very connected to? Some of you might have these really painful memories of camp, and when you had to leave for camp, you had to hand over your phone to your parents. You can't take your phone with you. And you're crying, just these tears, because these phone, this thing that you've been so connected to, you're now about to be disconnected to them. You know, I have a friend named Tony. Uh, me and him were really close friends. I don't know if anyone's ever moved before. But me and my buddy Tony, we were like inseparable buddies when we lived in New York. We, we grew up together. We played hockey together. We got, you know, in trouble together. We got in detention together. Like, These are like one of my closest friends in the world. And when I moved from New York and went to college in Missouri and then ultimately moved to California, like it was this slow process of becoming a little bit more disconnected from Tony, which has been really, really hard for me. Like this friendship that I knew so well and like slowly becoming disconnected from him. You know, there's this, uh, there's this teacher, okay? Uh, his name's Scott Clark. I don't know if anyone knows this teacher. He's a teacher in Laguna Niguel. Uh, he was hit by a car last week and he passed away in the hospital. How sad is that? And I talked to a student on the phone this week who had him when they were in school, and they didn't realize how much they, like, would miss him, you know, now that he's gone. They didn't realize how really connected they felt to this teacher that they had when they were in fourth grade. And then after he's gone, and now there's complete disconnection. Here's the thing. This is what I want you to learn, and it's going to be up here on the screen, okay? Um, When we are not paying attention, we can miss the moment disconnection happens. When we're not paying attention, we can miss the moment the disconnection happens. Because this is what I have come to find throughout my life. We'll have these things that we're very connected to. And we'll have these things that maybe we don't live it out. Maybe it's not every day we're every day connected. But slowly, when we don't pay attention, we find ourselves becoming more and more disconnected, either from the things around us or from the people around us. Now, here's what I, what I know is true, because, and I, you know, we miss connections all the time, and, and sometimes it doesn't catch us until it's too late. Now, I don't know about you, uh, I know that I've had relationships just like that, um, and, you know, it's relationships that uh, I've struggled with losing, you know, like my buddy Tony, I've struggled with, you know, missing him as I've gone throughout my life, and, you know, I've, you know, went to college in Missouri, and then I've been going, you know, here and living in California, and I didn't realize at the time how much I would miss that connection, miss that time together. But slowly, slowly, that connection we had became this disconnection. Because we don't talk as much as we used to. You know, you think of friends you have and then you move, you just don't see each other as much. 
You don't talk as much as you used to. You don't spend as much time together. Like, here's what I want you guys to write down. When we're not connected to others, that means that others aren't connected to us either. That it goes both ways. Now, this is what's really important. This goes both ways. Now, I'm not saying that we stay connected to everyone all the time, forever. That's not what I'm saying, because I, I just don't think that's realistic. But this is what I am saying. When it comes to our relationship with people, we know that it's true, that if we are not connected to people, then there are people who aren't connected to us. If there's people who are, we're not asking how they're doing, then there's no one who's really asking us how we're doing. Like, if there's no one in our life we're connected to who, uh, you know, maybe are asking us the tough questions of how we're getting through a tough time in our lives, if we, we don't, we're not connected to people who are challenging us, not just giving us like the, hey, how's it going today? Good? Oh, oh, that's great. Like, the people who really know us, like those relationships, those friendships, the people who are really connected to us, if we don't have those connections, it goes both ways. We miss out, but other people miss out too. They miss out on the chance to be able to be connected and to know us. Now, here's the thing. It happens in this very, very slow process. And just like it happens with people, it also happens in our relationship with Jesus. Like, it absolutely happens. And it's a slow process, and you don't notice it. Like, you don't notice it, but then, you know, you find yourself looking, and, you know, maybe you're sitting here in JHM, or you, it happens at a camp, or it happens in a life group, and you look, and you take kind of a stock of your relationship, or you kind of take an overview of your relationship with Jesus, and you realize that you've become more disconnected than you know in your relationship with Jesus. This is what I want you to write down. It's going to be up here on the screen. If we can't verbalize, now this is important, if we can't verbalize what a connected relationship with Jesus looks like, we won't know when our relationship with Jesus is disconnected. Like if we, if, if I was to go to you, well, let's use Zach as an example, okay? I love Zach. Who laughs? Why would some girl laugh? Let's 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 use Zach. <laughs> Zach, <laughs> what a crazy character that guy is. Let's yeah, this guy who. Let's use Zach as the example. If I went to Zach and I said, Zach, can you verbalize to me? what your connected relationship with Jesus looks like? Maybe he can, maybe he can't, I don't know. But I'll tell you this, if Zach can't tell me what a connected relationship with Jesus looks like, he's not going to know when he's disconnected from Jesus. And if he is able to say, when I ask him, do you verbalize what a connected relationship with Jesus looks like in your life? And he's able to say, well, you know, I'll tell you what a connected relationship looks like. Every morning I get up and I read the Bible just a little bit. Not a whole lot, but just a little bit. And I go to school, and as I'm going to school, I'm thinking of how I can encourage a couple people today. And, you know, and for me, that's enough. That is how I define a connect. And I'm in a life group, and I come to junior high on the weekends, and, and I try and take next steps in my relationship with Jesus when I can. But that is, that is what a, a, a connected relationship with Jesus looks like. That is a very good thing because you can verbalize. You can tell someone. Because if you can't tell me how it's working, then you are not going to know how to fix it when it's, when it's broken. And I see that all the time. I talk to, dude, I talk to leaders about this stuff all the time. I was talking to a leader the other day. We were having this exact discussion of how to verbalize what a connected relationship with Jesus looks like. And if you can't explain how your relationship with Jesus is working when it's not working, when it's broken, you're not going to know how to go back and repair it and fix it and restore it. Now, this is what it says. This is right out of the Bible. This is so good. It's going to be right here, uh, right here behind me. This is what it says. John 15, so if your Bible's open, open up to John 15, John is in the New Testament, Ma it's a Matthew, Mark, Luke, and see, you guys are so smart, John, so use your table of contents, I use mine all the time, don't feel bad about that, 
<sighs> this is what he, I'm going to give you another second to look, another quick second, and then I'm going to get into it. All right, this is what he says. I am the true grapevine. Okay, so I want to just, just stick with me. You might not know, but I'm going to explain it all, so just trust me on this. I'm the true grapevine, and my father is the gardener. So Jesus, he's saying he's a grapevine, and he's saying God is the gardener. I don't know if anyone knows a gardener personally or a farmer, someone who does, like, you know, things, but this is the example he's using. I'm going to explain why in a second. He cuts off every branch of mine that doesn't produce fruit, and he prunes the branches that do bear fruit so that they will produce even more fruit. Listen, if you are not listening to this, I'm telling you, you're going to regret it. This is so good. This is what you got to hear. This is so good. Will bear fruit so they will produce more. You have already been pruned and purified by the message I've given you. So let me explain this. Jesus is with his life group. And he is talking with his life group, these 12 disciples he's collected, talking with his life group, giving them examples to help understand who he is. You know, more illustrations. Jesus always uses parables, stories, illustrations to help explain to this little life group of his who he is, who his father God is, and how it all connects together. So in that model, he's using an example right here. And this is what's so important. He cuts it in two different ways. There's two reasons why he uses this. Reason number one, back then, the idea of the vine was a very beautiful thing. Uh, they would actually have these temples. I'm going to throw a picture of the temple. They have these temples that had these beautiful gold vine, you know, looking metal. It was kind of co coated in this gold deal uh, around the temple. And the reason for that was is that farmers and people who would grow things, they would come to the temple and they would leave an offering there at the temple and they would, the priest would take this offering, it was like a free will offering. It was basically this offering to say, God, you've been so good at everything I've been growing, I'm going to give you back a little bit to you so that you keep blessing everything that I'm doing. And the priest would take it and they would hang it on like these gold things and it would be a sign to everyone that would come in that the, those who are growing, those who are making things and you know growing things, uh, they're on Honoring God for all the blessing that he's given as the ground, you know, produces this fruits and vegetables and, and berries and all that stuff. So that's reason number one. As these Jewish, you know, this life group, they would understand the idea of walking into a temple and seeing these gold vines covered in fruit and offerings from people. That's reason number one. Reason number two, uh, agriculture was a huge thing. It was a gigantic thing. So I don't know how many of you know, uh, know farmers, okay? Uh, I don't think any of us actually personally probably know a farmer. You know, gardening does not, you know, isn't farming. Throwing mud at people doesn't make you a farmer. Eating mud, boys, does not make you a farmer. So I, I don't know if you know a farmer, someone who, as a profession, like they grow and like, you know, plant and they, you know, get food and they do the whole thing. Maybe some of you do, maybe some of you don't. But back then, being a farmer was like an everyday job. It was like working at Target. It's like there are farmers everywhere. It's like working at a Starbucks. There's farmers everywhere because everybody is growing something. So when he uses this very agricultural example, the, this farming example, this is what he's saying. And they would understand this because they know what goes into farming. And here's a picture I want to show you. And this is how vines would grow back then. Um, you know, now they're, they kind of prop them up and they make it easier. But back then they didn't like prop them up to make it easier. Back then they would grow and these vines would grow across these fields. And the farmer, and this, is, this guy was a professional, this is what he did for a living. He would go maybe sometimes even daily and go 
and kind of uh, investigate all the vines that were kind of through his land. And he would go and he would check, and sometimes he'd have to get down on his hands and knees and p- pick up the vine from the ground with his hands to investigate it, to look at it. You know, he would go in with this little trimmer, and he would find the spots that, that were, were either not growing and he would cut them away, or he'd find areas that were growing that just needed some more room to grow, and he'd cut things away in order to provide room for it to grow. The farmer, the idea of the farmer for them, the farmer would be very intentional. He would take his time. This was not a process that you could rush or just get through it really quickly. Like you actually had to go kind of every piece of the vine and really investigate it, really know it. Like really good farmers would know their vines and their fields. They would know them like the back of their hands. They would just know them so well. So this example of the vine, these disciples, this little life group, they totally understood this. They knew what he was talking about. And this is why, this is what I want you to write down. This is kind of his message to us. It's going to be up here on the screen. God, his father, knows us. God, our father, knows us. So Jesus is using the example of God who is the, the gardener. He's the farmer in this. He knows us. He knows what needs pruning in our life so our relationship with Jesus can grow. God, our father, knows us. And he knows what needs pruning in our life so our relationship with Jesus can grow. So let me give you an example of this, okay? Uh, it's a question. It's going to be up here on the screen, so I want you to, to check it out. Uh, what talents do you have that are not getting the chance to grow? So let me give you an example of mine. When I was in junior high, I used to wrestle. I was a really good wrestler, believe it or not. I have no idea why I was good, but I, I was just, na- I had a natural talent of wrestling. I'm not making this up. I will show you a photo one day of my skinny little body in a little singlet with little headgear, and I actually liked wrestling a lot. It was a ton of fun. And so I started wrestling this season, and then, you know, midway through the year, uh, I, I got the opportunity to, to start playing drums and to learn how to play drums. I did not know how to play drums. And then I joined uh, mid-year, I switched classes, and I joined into a chorus class. And then I decided that year also to run for student government. And then in addition that year, I decided to join the yearbook club. because there's this girl that I liked who was in the yearbook club, and I wanted to spend time with her, and I joined the yearbook club. I could care less about yearbooks, but I really liked this girl. So I did that. And so I had all these things going, wrestling and drums, and now chorus, and then I was doing student government, and, and then I was doing um, the, the yearbook club. And, and, I, and one thing turned into five things. And I started to do really bad wrestling. Now, I, I didn't start doing really bad wrestling because I just lost my talent of wrestling. I started doing really bad wrestling because everything else I was doing was choking my time and choking my ability to really invest and grow in the talents that I had. Instead of focusing in on the talents that I had and the things that I really loved to do, I had all these reasons for doing all these other things, and it choked my schedule, and it choked my time, and it choked my talents and the ability to grow my talents, because honestly, I was just doing too much. Now, let's take a look for a second at our relationship with Jesus. Let me ask you this question. What parts of your relationship with Jesus do you have that are not getting the chance to grow? Let's read it again. What parts of your relationship with Jesus do you have that are not getting the chance to grow? Now, I know what some of you are thinking. You're thinking, oh my gosh, Justin, my relationship with Jesus, I'm murdering it in my relationship with Jesus. Like, I'm totally, it's just rocking it right now. Every morning I get up and I do like 20 minutes of prayer and I read the Bible for like 20 minutes. And then, you know, on the way to school, I'm singing worship songs that I've memorized. And I come to JHM on the weekends and I'm doing a life group and I'm working to get a Bible club started at my school. And, and I didn't mention about the flashcards I have. I got these flashcards. I'm memorizing scripture. And like my relationship with Jesus is 
going good. Well, I actually think if you're doing all those things, your relationship with Jesus probably isn't going that good. It actually sounds like your relationship with Jesus is a, is a whole lot of stuff, but you're not doing any one thing really well. And here's the thing I know about that, that eventually you'll just quit something. And when it comes to faith stuff, it's easy to just kind of quit everything than it is to pick that one thing and stick with it. See, th there are probably parts of your relationship with Jesus that aren't getting to truly flourish because there's all these other things that you're doing. You know, I, I don't know uh, about sitting there for 20 minutes and praying. I don't do that. Like, I don't sit for 20 minutes and pray. I sit for like three or four minutes and pray. But, but I don't do that like a couple times a week or, or do it for two weeks straight and then get worn out with it because my schedule is too crazy. I can pray for three or four minutes every day because every morning I can have three or four minutes to myself. I can do that. That's manageable. And, and I don't read a two, three chapters in the Bible every day. I just can't do that. I just don't have the time for that. But I can sit down and read a short little Devo that I get on my phone. I have this awesome Bible app that it loads up every morning with a different little devotional. It's literally about the size of my screen with a couple of verses. And I can do that, and it's simple. And you know what? Maybe you can't do a life group, which is like, listen, I think life groups are so important. But you're here on the weekends. Or maybe you can't come on the weekends all the time because, you know, you're living at mom's house sometimes, or dad's house sometimes, or you just play sports a bunch, or you have musicals you do. I get that. So you dedicate yourself to making your life group your thing. You know, it, it, having this relationship with Jesus that's just full of stuff is very different than having the opportunity to prune away the parts that, that are choking the opportunity of what God is trying to grow and just, you know, bring life to. You know, you, because you're doing all these things, you might not have time to do student leadership. But maybe for you, you know, looking in the mirror, that you have the ability to be a great leader. And you would love to do the band. You would love to do the tech team. But you just don't have the time for it with all these other things you're doing. And there are areas of your relationship with Jesus that you just don't have the chance to let grow because you're doing so much other stuff. You know, this is, this is what it says. This is what it says in the next verse, verse uh, number four. Remain in me and I will remain in you. For a branch cannot produce fruit if it's severed from the vine. And you can't be fruitful unless you remain in me. And this is what it says in the next verse. Check this out, verse 5. Yes, I am the vine, you are the branches. Those who remain in me and I in them will produce much fruit, for apart from me you can do nothing. So I, I don't know if anyone's ever seen a redwood tree before. Ever been up to Northern California, redwood trees? They're amazing. I I'm a big fan of redwood trees. I've never seen one in person. Okay, here's a picture of one. This is a, you know, a, an incredible photo. Huge tree, hollowed out a car, drives through this. It's gigantic. Here's another photo to kind of give perspective of how many trees, how big these trees are as a little person there. And when you see these trees, you must think, oh my gosh, like how do you ever think, how do these trees stand? Like, and you, like, it's like these huge trees. Like, how do these trees stand when the wind's blowing, crazy stuff's happening? And you probably think, oh my gosh, these huge trees probably have these gigantic roots that go so deep into the ground, it just anchors them down and they don't move. Who thinks they just have these gigantic roots and they just go super deep in the ground? And that, that's what keeps them from, all right, this is where you, you interact. Who thinks they have these gigantic roots that go deep, deep in the ground to keep them from swaying back and forth and falling down? Raise your hand. All right, who thinks that they just stand up by magic? Okay, perfect. Hey, thank you for being honest. And who thinks they have very small roots, very tiny roots? 
Some of you do. Okay, well, you would be right. Let's take a look at this photo. This is a little photo of the roots of a redwood tree. Now, they're very, very small roots. They don't even go that deep. But you know what makes them so incredible? That they are all interconnected with one another. They, they, they're all built into one another. That when, when one tree's moving, it's not just one tree moving. All these trees are so interconnected that they, the, them being so close together, they actually get strength and they get power from being so close together. That how connected they are is how strong they are. The more connected they are, the more strong they are. The more strength they have to endure all the things of life. You know, here's what I want you to write down. There's strength in being connected. There's strength in being connected. Not just being connected with other people, be, being connected with God. Now, I have all these plugs here, okay? And this didn't really work yesterday, so if it doesn't work again, like, you know, don't, like, you know, you know kill me. So, you know, I think of our relationship with God, right? And I think we, we plug in all these different things, okay? And we have all this stuff going on, and we're just doing it. Do I have everything here? I miss, I think I'm... Am I missing one? Where am I missing one? Oh, the, 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 little, the little clear one here? Okay. So you have all these things in your life, right? And they're all connected. Okay. So, you know, power, we all know this. We probably have one of these in our rooms or we see it during Christmas time. We have all this stuff here and it's all connected and got wires everywhere. I got my phone here. Got to plug my phone in. Where did my phone go? Here it is. You got everything plugged in here, right? And just, it's just all working. It's all working, okay? It's, everything's plugged in. Everything is connected. It's all working. Okay? It's very simple. Now, here's the thing. If you're going through life and everything is connected and you, you, feel, you, know, it's, you feel like it's working, but, but you don't know what you're connected to, like you know you're connected to something and it's working, but you don't know why it's working and you don't know what you're connected to, but you just, you're just kind of going through life. You know, here's what I kind of find. I kind of find when, like, things happen, and you, because you don't know what you're really connected to, you just know you're connected to something, but you don't know if it's God, you don't know if it's something else, and then, you know, things happen in your life, and, you know, slowly, like, one by one, you know, things just start, like, un, you know, unplugging from your life, you start getting disconnected for whatever reason. And because you don't know what you're connected to, you, you don't know how you remain connected, like you don't know how to go back and get reconnected, and so just one by one, you know, just things fall out until you find yourself one day completely unplugged from everything. But because you didn't know what you were plugged into, you don't know how to go back and, and get reconnected. You know, this is what the Bible says, for apart from me, you can do nothing. Because when you're, when you're separated, when you're not connected, you, you can't do the stuff that, that you could be doing. You, you can't do the fullness of who you are because you're disconnected. You know, here's what I want you guys to write down. Define for you, and this is personal for everyone, define what you are most connected to. And for every person, it's something completely different. Define what you're most connected to. Is it a person? Is it a sport? Like, is it, is it, is it a thing is it an idea that you're most connected to? Like, are the things that you get your strength from and your power from, the things that you just fill you up, like, what is that thing that you're most connected to? Because here's the thing, if you don't know what that thing is, you, you need to spend time figuring it out. And if you can immediately say, you know what, I feel like I, I know what I'm most connected to, what I spend the most time with, what I care the most about, what, what I get most of my identity from and you know, most of who I am from, you know, this thing, and you know what the problem is with that thing? When that thing runs out, you run out. You know, if your whole deal is connected to sports, man, you better hope you never get injured 
You know, if you're most connected to sports and you get injured, and dude, I have friends that played pro sports and they get injured and they spent their whole life connected to sports and they don't know what to do with themselves. You know, you better hope that you play sports your entire life because if you stay connected to that as your thing your entire life, you know, you better be the next Tom Brady who's playing till he's 40. Because if that's not you, you're going to wake up one day and you're going to find yourself disconnected. You're not going to know how to reconnect your life to things that really matter. You know, here's, here's what I want you to know. This is our bottom line today. There's power when we are connected to Jesus. When we're connected to Jesus, there's power in that for all of us. That when those moments happen, that things are just getting unplugged in our life and it's all falling apart, instead of saying, oh man, I don't know what to do. Like, well, we know what to do. We know where our power comes from. We know how to get reconnected. Because, because we know how to, how, where we're connected and how we're connected to Jesus, because we can define what being connected to Jesus looks like, we get power from that. And when things are going haywire in our life, like we don't just step back and not know what to do. We're able to step up because we know exactly how to stay connected or to get reconnected to Jesus in those times. We know this. You know, that's why life groups are so important. I talk about, we talk about life groups all the time, and there's a reason for that. You know, there's a reason that, it, you know, what would it look like if we, you know, were a group of people that were able to be in a group, that when we had questions about things, or when we were feeling disconnected, there were people in our group who could help us stay connected. Like, it, when we're feeling like this isn't working out, and I don't want to do this anymore, or I, I feel like I'm just drained, or I feel like I'm just running on empty, and, and all these things in my life are just blowing up, to be in a group of people who can say, no, 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 like, let us help you stay connected. Let us help you figure this out. Let us help you answer some of the questions. Like, let us, you know, live this with you. Like, how great would it be, like, to, you know, be connected to Jesus, to know that other people are connected as well, and to be able to walk through school seeing people that are connected to Jesus, and you're connected as well, and there's encouragement there, and we're there for one another in a different way. How beautiful would that be? Here's the thing. If you don't know what you're connected to, you got to figure that out. And if you're saying, man, I feel like what I'm connected to is running on empty, and I, I feel like I'm just out of, out of power, out of energy, that it's just not working out for me, that I, this thing that I've been connected to for so long, I don't think it's working out anymore, that's fine. Because when you're connected to Jesus, that's where real power comes from. You know, when you guys leave today, some of our leaders are going to be handing out things for life groups. If you're not in a life group, I'm telling you, there's room in every single group every single grade, every single gender, and I want you to be in a life group. I believe that in a life group, not only life change happens, but you are able to take next steps in your relationship with Jesus together. It is worth it. If you're not in one, I encourage you to get in one. So remember, there's real power when you are connected to Jesus. Let me pray for you guys, and we're going to go. Heavenly Father, thank you so much for today. Thank you so much for what you taught us today. Thanks for giving us an opportunity to be together. And uh, let us have a great week. Bless our week. Um, bless our friends. Bless our relationships. We pray this in your name. Amen. All right, guys. Head out the door. See you guys later. See you next week. I love you all. Bye.